delighted to have you in the podcast where all stories are welcome and the masks come off. Hello there. Hi Shiva. So Good lovely morning. to see you. Good morning and so lovely to see you here and thank you for coming and having a soul brew with me on coffee and soul. I'm delighted to host you there. It's my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me on your show. It's been it's been something that I've been uh, seeing for a while and uh, I'm so happy that I'm on this. Lovely. I'm I'm delighted to have you with me. Um so you ha- have your cup of coffee with you there? Yeah, yeah, it's all right here. All right, and let me pour myself mine. And unlike a lot of uh, cappuccinos or black coffee, this is the South Indian filter coffee. Lovely, but lovely. in a very, very ultra chic <laughs> mug. I didn't want to spoil that part of the show for you <laughs> by getting into the stainless steel glass. No, you know this show is all about uh, diversity of all kinds. So it wouldn't, it would have been actually, it would have added if you had even got an earthen cup, that would have been fabulous. Well, yes. cheers and here's to life, Uday, and you. to you and your journey as you go on. And I'm wishing you all the best. Thank you, thank you, Shiva. Can I ask you to hold your cup of coffee in your hands and just nestle it between your palm and feel the warmth? Yeah, lovely, lovely. And if you can just close your eyes and sit back, Uday, keep your eyes closed and tell me what comes up for you. What do you see? You know, very strange. I, I really don't see anything, but I kind of hear a lot of things. Yeah. And I probably want to share that. And this is just about what we were discussing just, pre, just pre-recording. You know, uh, life's a lot of transition and the whole thing about wanting to let go at the right point of time and getting off. I was listening to a Tim Ferriss podcast. Mm-hmm. Okay. One of my favorite podcasters. And, uh, and uh, this was a couple of months ago. He was talking to an author called David Sear, who's a US author. And uh, the type A kind of a guy, very, very alpha. And so this David Sia was talking about a time in his life and he decided that he wanted to get back to fitness. Okay. Right. He said, let me get back and I want to really kind of get back to top at top level fitness. And he says, let me take a bicycling. He, okay. he stays in that Santa Monica area, in the Bay Area. Yeah, yeah. And so he picks up the top end exercise bike, gets his helmet, gloves, and he starts cycling. And like the type A or the, you know, A type guy, whatever you call. He only knows only one way, right? I mean, flat out on the pedals, pedaling every day. And he pedals so hard that he kind of does the 25 kilometer or the 25 mile circuit the first day. And uh, he's pooped. He just really do. He does it in, uh, he does it in 43 minutes. Wow. And then he does it every day. Goes flat out. Every day he goes in the morning at six o'clock. Pedals like the life depended on it. He wants to get back to fitness and he does it and every day. He returns back with a timing of 43 minutes plus or minus a couple of seconds. And he keeps going on for a while. And as you know, when, when people go, and I'm not a great exercise freak, but what I'm saying, what I'm saying is that when you actually go on for a while like this, at some point of time, you will reach a breakdown and you will yeah. reach that happened to David himself. One morning he got up and said, Oh, I can't, I can't really do this today. Mm. My legs. And every night used to come back just just collapse because mm. the sheer pushing of it. So that morning he kind of decides is having a bit of green tea and deciding okay how can I break this? I can't break this, right? So let me still go today. I don't want to bunk the cycling today. Mm. And then he decides okay let me just do it the way I want to do it. Mm. Uh, let me get it half the pace, fifty percent mm. of my normal speed, and let me just go and do whatever I can. 
and then he tells his wife and then he gets on his bike just puts on the cap and then starts cycling at what he thought was his 50% pace and then he starts going around and as he's cycling out he suddenly realizes hey this there's this new building out here it's a green red <laughs> building i didn't know this and then he moves a bit forward he sees a park a lot of children playing there mm-hmm. shrieking jumping laughing is it wow this is fun and someone is waving at him and then he kind of moves across the santa monica bay area the road and then he looks at the seashore and suddenly he spots a couple of dolphins jumping over and he's, he's thrilled and then there is a point where he has to take a u turn and as he's taking u turn back home then he sees a flock of pelicans on the bay and just yes. they just flutter up and go up and he comes back and he suddenly feeling rejuvenated refreshed and he comes back home and you know he kinds of parks himself uh, in his in this place of the cyclist cap and he's so 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 happy he's he's always pooped up when he comes home always but this time he's feeling refreshed and happy and he says wow that was the greatest ride i've ever had and then he says let me look at the time and then he looks at the stop clock and it says 45 every time he goes flat out kills himself on the cycle comes back pooped and falls down he did it at 43 minutes he thought he was going at 50% of the pace he's had the ride of his life mm. he's ready to go and he can't believe that the stop clock is saying 45 minutes you know when this podcast uh, the that story was told by him kind of hit me like a ton of bricks or whatever i kind of stopped it i didn't go further and it almost felt that it was kind of talking to me sometimes in life you kind of hold a lot of things to you and say that this is the way it has to be and if it doesn't i am not i'm not be able to really do what i have if i start enjoying my life or if i really do what i want to do mm-hmm. i'll probably not really get all the things and all this guy had to do was to kind of give up 2 minutes of the time which is the larger sequence of life and the day is insignificant right yeah. uh and that kind of hit me hard i kind of remember I, the reason i remembered right now is just because i'm right now here in bangalore in my home <laughs> nice lovely weather i'm kind of looking bangalore at bangalore weather <laughs> <laughs> i'm kind of looking at what ahead what is there ahead in life i have a choice to take 24 years or rather almost 25 years of work life now i get to choose the path that i have i'm spending a good time with the family and boy it's not as if uh, and i'm now i'm wondering why did i agonize over this decision for such a long time mm-hmm. uh, i was always scared i was always always scared as what is what is it that is going to let go mm-hmm. so i just held the cup and i nestled that's the dominant thought right now of uh, being in a place where i am uh, happy and uh, looking forward to what comes ahead absolutely and it's amazing that you say this with the story and i have to say uday you're such a marvelous storyteller so it has to this has to begin <laughs> with a story and i was mesmerized listening to the the way that you took us through the whole thing and the learning thereof no that it's just two minutes the difference and and uh, how much more he gains by letting that two minutes happen and then your own take on how what it means for you and where are you today so this brings me very nicely to my next question is that take me through your journey your life you know the highs the lows defining moments and i know you're sitting at one of your defining moments right now huh, but yeah. uh, but uh, just just 
what it has been like over there. And you can pepper it with as many little stories as you like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's amazing that, um, you know, all of us are, all of us are mesmerized. Storytelling is something which is really, really big now. Everyone talks yeah. about it. Yeah. But it's so amazing that uh, it's probably the most ancient, it is the ancient yeah. skill that every human being automatically knows. Every mother feeds the child looking at the moon and the, 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 the life starts with the story, probably ends with the story. But somewhere I kind of realized that a lot of this part plays a role in my life when I started connecting a lot of these dots mm. a couple of years ago. But just to quickly do, I, I come from Vaisag, the coastal city of Vaisag. It's, it's, it's continues to be my favorite city, I, although I've, I've been in Bangalore. Come from parents, my father's been with the state bank for a long time. You know, he was a typical government worker. Mm. He was a banker, but he had a great sense of humor. It's a, it's a rare combination, right? <laughs> <laughs> I noticed the butt when you say a banker butt. <laughs> yeah, and, and he had, and I think, and I, I probably learned the first set of stories from him. Mom's been a doctor, they had a great, uh, they, they had a great chemistry, they had a fantastic love marriage. It's yeah. a secret, it's one of the best kept secrets. We don't know much about it, but it's been there. And uh, we grew up, three brothers, a nice small town. My best memories are of school, really. And again, the best memories that I have right now is about what has just happened. And I was, uh, and the reason I say this is because you know memories have a strange way. Uh, you tend to remember the beginning. You tend to remember what just happened. The middle sort of fades. Uh, it's the same with me. I think that one of the best memories, the earliest possible memories, is what I have in school. Was I was this massive school fan, and. Uh, Anything which was there, extra work, any program, I was the one volunteering, miss, I'll stay back. Really? <laughs> I remember in the third standard, I was in the junior school and uh, there was some craft work to be done for some open house the next day and I kind of stayed back. And the teacher called up my mother, uh, no cell phones, right? So, mm. and my father was in the bank and my mom was worried that I guess this bugger will not have any food. So my mm. father, I, the earliest memory that I remember is when at about two o'clock in the afternoon, school's finished at 1.30, my father comes with a huge carriage of food, walking in a safari suit into the school to give it to me. And I'm saying, oh God, why did they bring all of this? I'm going to be so embarrassed. And uh, when I opened, there was this typical uh, South Indian rubber laddu. There is a bit of sambar and all of that. And, uh, you know, quite, quite strangely, when my father passed away in 2015, that's another defining moment in my life and I lost him. A couple of days later when we were doing all that ceremonies and that was a defining image which came back to me. My father walking in with the carriage mm -hmm. and uh, while, while a lot of the loss when he actually passed away did not really make me break down mm -hmm. but that was the moment which kind of, uh, kind of it just broke me down when I remembered mm -hmm. it. Yeah, so, so that was one. Then I kind of uh, became a school captain, we had all, all that stuff. And then much later, in 25 years later, we did the school reunion. I'm wearing the t-shirt, actually, the school reunion t-shirt that, uh, that I've actually had. So that, that was good, great fun moment. A lot of other things happened. Uh, the first time I got a job mm. in Everedy, and I was, and that's my biggest introduction to sales. My, my uh, the sales head uh, at that point of time said, so, so we had a great induction in Calcutta where we are put in a five-star suit for the mm. first eight days. It's an mm. FMCG company. Mm. And on the 10th day, I was given my posting as, you know, I was supposed to be posted in, the, you know, one of those towns in uh, West Bengal. Mm. The Badwan district in West Bengal, a mm. place called Bishnupur. Okay. 
I'm from South India. I didn't probably, <laughs> I mean, I did my management in Daphne, in Manipal. <laughs> I kind of looked at the Howrah, I kind of asked the travel agent, is the ticket available? There's no, this is second class, first class, nothing is available. So I walked up to my boss, uh, the sales head at the time. I asked him, uh, boss, uh, abhi tickets kuch hai nahi? Maybe a couple of days later, I'll go. He looked at me like this and said, Uday Kiran, shove up your butt in the general compartment right now and call me tomorrow morning at seven o'clock. Nine o'clock, you're doing the market visit. I was stunned, right? So I just kind of quickly put down the bag, quietly walked off of the Howrah station, <laughs> sat in that compartment. The next morning, I find myself in Vishnupur. Uh, and the next 15 days, I was suspended. I love sales. The next part of my entire journey was in the three great companies. I've worked, currently work with Samsung, but all through the while, there's so many sales stories. And somewhere I think this entire thing of working with a lot of people, traveling across the country, multiple cultures. I stayed mm. a couple of years in Colombo as well, and then the marriage and the kids. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been good. But one of the things that I've always not missed is the joy of trivia, the joy of the reading books and uh, yeah. I mean, I think I got to really thank my parents a lot for that. And mm. also eclectic set of friends, mm. Uh, mm. cricket. So a lot of these things, a lot of, I, I think a lot of people who've grown up in that age that I have done will kind of resonate with all the experience that they had. Just to cut a long story short. I mean, I like a typical storyteller, I've told everything else, but the highs and lows. But <laughs> these are the highs. These are the highs and lows. I, I think the smaller, I, I, I think I've, I've taken the, I'm not going to be one of those guys who say I don't have great highs. I think I've had a lot of great highs and moments. There are personal moments, but I've been one of those guys of folks who've kind of learned to take life the way it comes. I've made a lot of mistakes. Uh, I would have hurt a lot of people. Uh, and also I've got a lot of joy from a lot of people, mm. but uh, it's a spontaneity. It is living in the moment is what I'm trying to do. And that gives me a lot of. Happiness. And that is so real, so real and so authentic over there. You know, and that's that's the thing that comes comes out about you is your authenticity. You know, one would think person in sales there there is a there is a typical kind of a stereotype yeah that that comes into your into your head, and you defy that with your interests and your the way that you respond, particularly when you talk about living with you know in the flow and so so tell me what what. And I do want to say this, everybody is a salesperson. So I, I, I don't want to take away at all from every one of us. Yeah, and God is yeah. the biggest one of them, apparently. There's a great book, uh, and I will talk about this at another point in time. Uh, Og, Og Mandino, I think, who says God is the greatest salesman or something like that. A very, very interesting yeah. book. But, uh, but uh, what made you gravitate towards sales? Obviously, there's, there was a huge connect. What was it? Yeah, no, for example, I... Uh... So I got my first job from uh, in Everady from the campus. Mm. And it's, it's one of the one minute stories that I, I talked about. So it was a very difficult year in 1998 uh, where you know the whole thing was happening uh, and job scene was bad. So we were all preparing for group discussion and interview campus placement it was supposed to be in January, a promote. A friend of mine was uh, a good friend of mine who's going to help me debate a lot of these things. And at that time, if you remember, there was something called the VDIS, Voluntary Disclosure Income Scheme. Yes, yes. Chidambaram had launched it. Yes. 30%. I mean, you don't have to pay tax for the, if you all forgot tax defaulters, you have to just pay 30% of the money into the bank of what you thought was your tax and you would go scot-free. Mm. 
So I'm going to we we decided that okay this this can be a potential topic because the government has done this. So let's debate on that. And I was debating, he was debating, and I lost it because he thulped me in the debate. And then what happens? Three days later, I was sitting in the Everyday interview. Or the same boss who had told me to shove up my butt inside the general department. <laughs> he was the one who announced BDI is boon or bane. So typical GDs in management school are always like this: boon or right. bane. Correct. And fifteen people and GDs are GDs are killer places. Yeah. People desperate for jobs. Everyone's jumped into the fray, killing each other. Yeah. I was not even able to get it. And that's when I. About halfway time, I realized I had to buckle, and that's when I remembered what Pramod said was a very important point in the debate, uh, the story that he said. Yeah. And I said, "Look, guys, you know my father has been. I got a minutes of silence, and I just butted with this. And I said, 'Look, my father has been with the State Bank of India last 25 years, an honest government servant, and I've known him struggling to earn money and keep his family afloat. Yeah. And he always paid income tax. Yeah. He never missed. Yeah. Okay, he always paid. And uh, today." the government announces a scheme where even if you really didn't work or even if you really got the money by whatever means you can get away by just paying 30% mm. how fair is it for the people who have been really working hard there's a lot of stunned silence when i made it <laughs> people didn't know and then honestly shiba i didn't have to talk for the next 10 minutes because the next 10 minutes the whole debate was about this this exactly oh wow that i can imagine It was okay. yes, it was a paradigm shifting. And, yeah, and I got the job. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then a couple of months later, I was doing the market visit, and my boss, Ramen, and he's a good friend of mine. He still is Mangalore. He said, "Today, you know what? Uh, that story you told on that day in the GD that changed it for you." And I got the job in Everidi, and then I got into sales. Honestly, I really didn't know that I was getting into sales, or for mm-hmm. that matter. I knew marketing. I had elected marketing and sales, but what you learn is sales and marketing in the management school is not anything what you see mm. in the real field. I was traveling in everyday vans into deep parts of Kalahandi, yeah. Odisha. I had five-star chocolate bars to just keep me, and because the only thing that people ate there, it seemed, was matcha rasool with the chicken. Yes, of course. <laughs> with, With, oh, with not even peeled up aloo, uh, half boiled aloo inside the water with uh, rice and fish, of course. And uh, here he was a guy, staunch South Indian, getting up in the morning, <laughs> doing a bit of prayer, <laughs> and then eating a Cadbury chocolate. <laughs> I was totally out of the place. But, But he must have been, yeah, must have been huge learnings over there. I grew into sales. I, I really loved the whole thing. Uh, The the whole thing of numbers, and then I moved to Punjab. Then I worked in Amritsar in deep, deeply cold, where there were sadharjis who used to ensure that I was not market fit by making me drink uh, half a glass of lassi and nice paneer paratha in the morning, and then what do you want to go to the market after that? <laughs> you can't, right? But in the midst of all, I think I got solid grounding as a leader, interacting with people, and I think that was kind of uh, very important for me in the way in which I. Learn to listen to people. You had. I was working with a lot of salespeople who didn't have, who didn't come from privileged backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Today you have a sales team which is full of MBAs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Those guys worked their way up for thirty years or twenty years selling as salesmen, and you could learn the life experiences from it. Sure. You knew what is the hardship. You knew what it took to convince a guy. You can convince an MBA with the logic or an Excel sheet. You cannot convince a guy who's worked on the field with logic. 
you got to hit him on his emotion or you have to buy get that mental buy i think that's where i picked up a lot of that initial part of storytelling and then i moved in uh, and and i was fortunate enough to then work with vipro mm. it's another organization which taught me a lot of entrepreneurship uh, owning up responsibility that's where i kind of started scaling up so to cut a long story short again uh, my love for sales was fairly organic grew over a period of time and i loved the whole challenge of backing it up great cricket fan so i used to kind of look at a typical one day match and say uh, okay uh, 10 overs 100 runs to win uh, we used to say uh, five days 200 crores more to win <laughs> so we used to kind of something <laughs> like that and we used to kind of take the challenge uh, there were times where we used to dump stocks retailers used to come a lot of things for example sales teaches you a lot of things for a lot of times the customer does in my line of work a lot of times we didn't really give what the customer want unlike mm-hmm. steve jobs we give more we gave more than the customer want agar wo 10 peti soaps ka order diya tha so we used to give him 100 cases because we need the target <laughs> yeah, that's right that's right but then, but then a senior salesman taught me that look you do the wrong thing you do the sales but you have the guts to go and talk to that guy in the front and say own it up look i've done that but i will ensure that you will not lose out uh, so the ability to confront the challenge a lot of it kind of grew and today if i'm able to get it all together i understand that most companies have a lot of resources for process and they have great excel sheets mm. but i think one of the biggest challenges that they have is to get folks to really behave mm. or uh, work in a manner in which they can get that emotional buy in mm. uh, a lot of lot is said about emotional buy in but i think the biggest challenge is communication and the way you connect with people mm. and that's where i think i bring in a whole lot of i'm able to connect a lot of these thoughts yeah yeah and 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 that's that's amazing and actually very beautiful when you uh, talk about that it's really that you what you're saying is your expertise lies in being able to connect with people or with you know with with the emotions with connect with them with the heart with the heart or suppose make a, Uh, no, let me not second guess you. Tell me, what is that? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, the, the whole thing—the ability to connect with people. At some point of time, I realized that one of my bosses came back and told me that, look, there you're very good with people, but uh, in sales and when you go to the top levels, the one percentile, you got to be this. You also have to be seen as this unpopular leader, or you have to also be this hard taskmaster. And I somehow I didn't relate with it. Mm. That's the reason when I kind of moved to the higher. Echelons of mm. management. Mm. I realized that there is a more, lot more that I could do, mm. and that's when I started looking at how do I become more empowering with people and give them responsibility. I had the guts. I learned a lot of people used to come back to me and say, "How did you have the guts to back a guy who has not been doing it?" And I said, "Look, you got to you got to give people a chance, and you got to let people make mistakes." And that's that's my idea of leadership, right? I mean. why are you as a leader if you got either you have to do everything mm. or you get the best team right. then i don't think that's that's great leadership i think great leadership is all about carrying with the team and making the whole it's a strong underdog spirit I'm a great fan of david and goliath and all <laughs> that stuff so <laughs> yeah but but yeah. yeah i think a lot of that has been you're right the other thing which i also think has been my strength and i'm kind of hoping to leverage and will do it it's about articulation and communication right mm-hmm. 
Mm. And the reason I say it's a strength is because, and not just in sales across, today I think a lot of people don't, we, we are the stories we tell ourselves. Yes. The whole narrative, right? And I've, I've seen and I've suffered, I've suffered it myself when I kind of didn't believe that uh, I was not good enough I was, or I was good enough. You kind of behave the way you think. Uh, and there is a lot more to it. I think this is, this is good. When you read it in a management textbook or in a self-help journal, be yourself. People don't understand what it is to be yourself. I didn't understand for a long time. I am still trying to figure out what it is to be myself, right? Uh, it's, it's a very difficult thing. But I, so when I became a coach, uh, or rather when I started to get coach training, you know, the biggest thing they say in coaching is that understand the why. Uh, the why is the most important thing. It's almost like the big golden letters, like yes. the why of the, and every coach gets this high of why. And I used to wonder, so you've understood why, but as I progressed beyond a point of time, I realized that if you ask why, you never get a story, you get a reason. And for a long time, I was wondering, I don't give advice. I can't give advice as a coach. I can't, uh, I'm, I'm only supposed to make the other, other person come out with all, the, with all my intelligent questions. How does this happen? And somewhere, I was also confused that if I'm a coach, how do I get all my 25 years of sales and marketing and business experience together? That's where the penny landed with me on stories. Mm. So when I now ask someone about, tell me when is the last time you saw a leader in this company take a bold decision, I get a story out of it. Mm. Brilliant. I think that is so powerful. No, absolutely. And I think that is, that is just so amazing. The other thing that I just, and while we are conversing, just want to also say that you know, new coaching and new new paradigms in coaching no longer say that you can cannot uh, tell people. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you co-create reality. You you Absolutely. are co-creators. And so, yeah. I, I mean, by I'm saying this, and I'm using this opportunity to say this because there'll be you know not just you and me, but there'll yeah, be a lot of others listening to So we need to understand that it's moved, and together through stories, through co-creation, through sharing your experiences. We do something more in coaching now. So more power to you because it's come to you so instinctively and so beautifully. Yeah, and, and okay. I think I kind of realize it organically. Um, yeah. A lot of times I used to sit in the interview and people used to say, tell me what specifically you did that showed your leadership. And I used to flounder. And I said, oh my God, mm-hmm. how do I think about it? We all think we don't have anything great to say, but I can, I can only tell you that all of us have great stories. And it just, it's, it's about the right kind of questions. So don't get so bogged about the why part of it. Sometimes as a coach or as a person who's working with it, ask someone what happened. I think that's the most important question that you can ask. And suddenly, what people can't tell you in a lot of management talk comes in the form of a story. You know, uh, just just a 30 second thing. When I first joined Wipro, uh, one of the first things that I heard in Wipro was that, um, Wipro, you know, Wipro, the Tumkur factory or I think one of yeah. the factories, they didn't get the six months of, uh, or maybe the Bangalore office. One of the offices, the electricity was cut for them for six months. And uh, Azim Premji ran it with the generator. And I was, then I had to ask why. And that's a part of the story because you'll have to get into the why, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then they said he refused to pay a bribe. And the bribe was a very paltry 500 bucks. And Azim Premji said that, look, I'm going to pay. I'm on the right side. You guys give it to me whenever you want. And six months later, those BMPP officials, the electricity officials were embarrassed. They had to go. Now, when the story was told to me as a joint, when I joined Wipro, 
I didn't need to know. I didn't need to be told that one thing which is valued the most in this organization is integrity. integrity. I didn't need to be told that. Mm. That story was good enough for me, mm. right? So I think uh, so. This is where it organically fell into my uh, yeah. thing. Like stories are great to move values. It, they are great to make a point. Absolutely. Is there an adage you live by, or is there something that like your it's your like your go-to thought or your go-to inspiration? Is there something like that? Yeah, it's going to be a difficult thing because suddenly I, I, I my people who can suddenly come out with some great stuff, <laughs> great stuff. <laughs> you're, you're, but you're, just for a time, no, yeah, I, I think uh, I take a lot of inspiration. So for me, if there is one thing which I I would always tell people is let's keep talking. Yeah, let's keep communicating, and I think that's the most powerful thing that I would always. That's a credo that I have. I, I understand silence. I understand touch, nin, and all other people who talk about the power of silence and meditation. But I think a lot of souls in this world are desperate to be heard, and there is a whole lot of suppression of thought. And there's a lot that you can talk over a coffee. There's a lot which can happen over a cup of tea, also over a drink. Yeah. So if I have to kind of so that's that's one part so let's mm-hmm. let's keep talking and that's something which i keep telling my children keep telling my friends and a lot of people oh there i'm coming in here that's the name of your book possibly <laughs> <laughs> the other thing which i yeah thank you so much and inshallah as i say let's do that the other thing which uh, which really comes to me very strongly is uh, you know again coming back to the metaphor of stories and i hope there's not an overdose of stories out here but for me you know stories help us to understand that that you are not just one type of an individual mm-hmm. i believe that uh, we've got multitudes in all of us mm-hmm. we are not reductive i mean mm-hmm. i mean today and that's what luvan also tells us right you could be an extrovert and you could be an introvert but i've seen it happening uh, you you could be a great cricket lover you could go to a cricket match and uh, shout the hell out for a uh, virat kohli and behave like a hoodlum there but you but you probably come back and say that look i need my space and mm-hmm. i want to do that you could support the bjp mm. uh, or any other government but you could also see something else in you know the entire secular thought so i think we all contain multitudes as much as that for example this this cup could contain coffee today mm. could contain something else tomorrow mm. <laughs> and mm. it is for me to understand that i'm okay with it but i think the bigger problem is that when i see you shiva and if i see something else in your cup other than a coffee am i in a position to kind of say that that's okay for me mm. Mm. that's something which is what i call uh, the whole the whole thing of the ability to tolerate a lot of multitudes and i think stories help that a lot yeah. it kind of helps you to kind of when you listen to people's stories mm. you understand that this guy comes from this space i don't know if story coach is what i what really makes sense but when i listen to a lot of people i understand from where they come from and i understand that and I, it helps me appreciate and connect with them at that level and just kind of help them to move their way i think that is amazing because uh, it's also about how you um, how you look at diversity right and how you look at how you enhance your own and others perspectives through their stories and through your own stories to to move to a space of much more acceptance absolutely absolutely yeah. i think that's the whole uh, so these are the two broad themes that i yeah. am seemingly tending towards yeah at this point of time yeah, yeah there could That's be many more sounds sounds lovely sounds sounds really really good story coach that sounded very good as well so that is <laughs> almost like a niche you're carving for yourself help uh, people discover their own stories is one way of looking at it yeah right and uh, 
interesting i don't know uh, one of, one of the things that i one of the images when i say it comes out very strongly for me is when i used to look at these presentations that we have to make for sales and i used to sit in front of the excel sheet and half the time i'm just looking at them and seeing that is data ko how do i show should i show it as a bar graph or should i show it as a pie graph yes you know one of the biggest problems of management education or for that matter any kind of education is that we are just not prepared for what we have to do to earn money or sustain ourselves <laughs> that's true <laughs> <laughs> yeah and today i have been guilty of this i've been guilty of this feedback to a lot of my team members you know uh, there's a guy called ranjit ranjit you need to really uh, make an impression you really you really need to have a presence tumko impression jamana padega but i've never ever gone and told people or helped them to figure out how to do that mm. a presentation badhiya banana presentation badhiya banana is what uh fantastic colors and popping and slide shows no i think and today i see a lot of my superiors giving feedback to the reviews when i'm sitting on the sidelines looking at the process what is the point of this slide story banao tell me your story those guys are befuddled yeah so i think it's it's clearly a huge blind spot not just for sales or marketing or a lot of other people uh but i think the ability to connect a lot of dots and to figure out why are we doing it i think it's come comes down to communication that's why i keep saying let's keep talking because we are very we are very scared of asking for help yeah. and we are very scared of asking others uh, somewhere we think that we, we will figure it out yeah. youtube mein dekh lunga yeah somewhere else yeah yeah and if i would you say then this is your unique lens the unique lens that udar brings to as a gift to everybody to i love, love to think so yeah and it's it's been a journey for me i would have probably not sounded so confident or so articulate about it like i'm or i want to tell people that i was as lost or who is going to listen to it i have been absolutely lost in what i wanted to do did i get into sales by choice no i, I got into sales by accident did i get my promotions because i did fantastic hard work in sales no a lot of times i was lucky did i move this thing into coach i can be very very clear and openly say that when i got into this assignment of behavior and things and i looked at coaching i was as naive as believing that if i finish my acc or if i finish my coaching i can put it on my bio data and get a new job <laughs> i was as naive of it as it were when i began this whole process in 2018 when i connected with rahul and understood lumina i thought that this is going to give me a entry into ceo rooms to help them to do psychometric i started from there Mm. right the good part of unlearning is that it has to happen in everyone's life mm. but unlearning cannot happen unless you learn all the wrong things so it's a good thing that you learn the wrong things <laughs> and then do everything so probably I'm, i'm a lot better off of learning it the hard way in the last 2 3 years of of not being reject of not being even i wanted to become a vice president thing and my boss told me that you're not cut out for it lekin ye dekh le ye thoda acha hai tere liye but this is a long long course and then i asked him look if i take all this people behavior and all what will happen a lot of fit can happen but i'm not very sure if it can happen in this organization mm-hmm. then i was very worried i said i'll be out of the limelight then he said uh, who's your favorite cricketer he said i i said sachin tendulkar he said uh, what do you what do you what are the top three things that sachin you remember him for i said great cricketer great batsman great human being he said 
then uh, what do you think about his captaincy <laughs> so i told him i think i thought sachin was a terrible captain and in fact when he was giving up his captaincy he was very upset about giving up his mm. captaincy uh, and what people thought then he said look you said it if sachin was bothered about giving up his captaincy and didn't give up his captaincy he would have not become the great captain that he was right now mm. sometimes you got to chart your own course and <laughs> yeah that kind of landed so i was fortunate to have a lot of people who in their own way helped me to kind of uh, figure out and let me do a lot of these things but i'm speaking like a guy who's achieved a lot of things i'm still at the precipice of <laughs> beginning a new journey yeah but coming back i, I sound confident because I, like that david sia guy when i talked about i'm happy with the 45 minutes now i'm not killing myself for the 43 minutes and that is that it's a beautiful thing that we started there and we uh, we're closing there bringing it all to full circle it's fabulous but uh, thank you so much for your time and for sharing yourself so openly and so unreservedly and i think that is uh, there's a lots of lots of lots of gems and nuggets you've thrown into this conversation and it may not seem like that for you but it's just the authenticity of a life and the ability to take some next steps and also to be looking at what what you're going to be doing now in terms of helping people uh, identify their own stories and work with them through that i think that is tremendous so i wish you all the best in that and i know you have something to say go ahead with it thank you for enabling this conversation it wouldn't have happened i, I met you a couple of years ago when we did that luminous certification together yeah, we wanted right. to have a chat Uh, with you always and uh, little did i imagine that the first conversation we will have would be in this form and uh, i'm so glad for this thank you so much for this opportunity it's been wonderful uda and i've been wanting to talk to you and i've also been very fascinated by your journey every now and then i've been watching watching you on linkedin some of the and through of course lumina and also your emphasis on stories and storytelling and the way that you go about it so i'm delighted to host you and thank you so much for spending and uh, time with me and having a, a soul brew with me you take thank care thank you for soul I'm brew ready. and uh, wish you all the best many more great conversations of here thank you so much thank you thank you so much for taking care thank you for your time and attention and for being a part of soul brews with shiva until next week keep the coffee swirling <laughs>